Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Herb Dean. If you like MMA, if you like to laugh, check out the One Punch Podcast at BT Sport. This is Bruce Buffer. Tune in to the One Punch Pod on BT Sport. Okay, welcome back to the One Punch Podcast. This is Brad Pickett, and with a special guest, I will introduce you in a minute. I've been left on my own. I've lost one of my, I say, my soulmates this week. Has left me. Bonnie's getting a haircut um, at home. Uh, so, but really, I've lost Brian today. But reporting. The producer, Mikey, I'll let you hand over to you, Mikey, to introduce yourself. Yes, well, what big shoes to fill on this podcast, Brian Lacey Cappy, was I think he, what, what, what is it, it's his birthday, he's got some milestone coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I away. think it's his 50th birthday, his wife's uh, taking him somewhere, hopefully he's nowhere glamorous, hopefully he's something like Skeggy It would be like. out of theme with the podcast so far if he went off on a luxury trip. Yes, so, yeah, I'm not so too sure if he deserves that. But yeah, I am uh, I'm the uh, social media producer with BT Sport, so I'll take this opportunity to plug. Uh, follow us at BT Sport UFC and join our Facebook group, UFC on BT Sport. Honoured to be on the show. Obviously, I've been behind the scenes. This is the first time I'll be on the microphone, but I'm, I thought with it being such a good Stockholm card coming up, it would be rude not to you know mark it in some form. So here we're here today to basically have a chat to run through that, and we've got some good interviews lined up as well. We do. We have uh, Volkan Ostermeyer, and also we have Chris Fisk Gold. Obviously, going to talk about uh, two important fights they've uh, got coming up uh, on this uh, weekend Stockholm card. Also, we'll um, try to think. This is me trying. This is this is where I need Brian. Brian, <laughs> yeah. where are you, Brian? Is, yeah. Out uh, of your element here. This is Brian's specialty. No, we do. We um, we're we're going to be looking at some of some of your experiences in Sweden because exactly, you know yeah. you had some great moments there. A uh, couple of performance bonuses there yeah. as well. We'll touch on that yeah. later. Um, and there's also just uh, Stockholm cards in general always provide so much entertainment. So we're going to have a look back at some of the best moments. But as I say, two great interviews to listen out to as well. So do you want to just dive straight into this uh, this Stockholm chat? Yeah, so we'll start from the, from the top and go down. I think that's the best way to do it, yeah. We've got Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith in what is a really, really nice uh, main event for a European card. We're, we're lucky with this one. Basically, the three main fights, the six main fighters are all in real kind of make-or-break situations here. There's guys coming off losses, tough losses, though. Not n- Nobody's been embarrassed in any of their recent fights. You're talking about some some serious contenders in the division. Yeah, out, out of the top three fights, uh, there's only one one fighter's coming off a win, you know, which is it's quite strange when you, when you think about that. So, so there's a lot of also... It's all in the two five, uh, 205 pound division, yeah. lightweight division. So there's going to be a lot of movement 
in one way or the other for these fighters. You it's know, kind of so. like a mini tournament. It is. It's being it is, hosted yeah. in Sweden. It's, yeah. it's really interesting. Um, Anthony Smith, obviously, we, we've last time we saw him was John Jones, where it was kind of a weird one because Jones comfortably won that fight, but Anthony Smith came out of it with a lot of credit. I think the the illegal knee was what Dana was was you know he I think he said he was proud that he he stayed in there after the illegal knee. In your experience, have you been there in a point where something's happened and you know it's not like legal, and you know that it's in your advantage to not I'm not saying to to get out of there or to quit, but you know like Anthony Smith was in a really really weird position there. Yeah, I mean, it is a real tough one because it's like you understand it's not just a sport; it's a business yeah. as well. So sometimes, I I'll be honest, I I see people look for an yeah. easy option. I'm not saying that they're, they're, they're uh, wimps or fakers no. or anything like that. It's just like, hey, I could take the easy option. Here. Maybe so, the fight's not been going well yeah, so far. Is that, you never honestly, you never see a fighter who's doing well get legally shot and then not want to continue. Yeah. It's, it's normally the, the latter where someone's not doing as well and I was like, hey, this is maybe an opportunity to get a DQ win or, or maybe just get a non-contest. You know? yeah. um, but when you're in there and there's fists flying at your face every five seconds, is that on your mind, even in the back of it somewhere? Or is it... For me, no. Yeah. I mean, like, I would never ever in a million years want to win by the other guy getting DQ. I, in my, I'm very prehistoric when it comes to yeah. fighting. Where I, I look at it in a way where I lost. It was just a fight over the last pig on earth. The other guy would be eating a ham sandwich, you know. So, like, I, I wouldn't want that at all. So, for me, I'd want to strip it all back and have less rules. You know? yeah. Like, if I get kneed in the face where I'm on the floor, kicked in there, soccer kicked, cool. You know, like, defend yourself at all yeah. times sort of thing. And so for me, Absolutely. fighting is fighting. Um, obviously, you don't want to eye gouge or bite or that sort of stuff. But for me, what, getting kicked in there, getting kicked in the head while I'm laying down or getting kicked in the head while I'm standing, getting kicked in the head, getting kicked in Either the head. Way. yeah. It's, not, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's pretty similar, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, me personally, I, I once in one of my fights, I got punched. Well, I thought it was, it was weird when I look back at it. I got punched in the eye by Neil Siri, and he hit me right in my eyeball. And I looked away, and I was like, oh, it really, like, really right in my eye. And the ref stopped it because, you know, he thought it was a, a, an eye poke. And I, I assumed it was because it like, really hurt my eyeball. Um, obviously, I was never going to stop. Mm-hmm. But you, you could see where if someone has a bit of an impingement on their sight, like it may be that's why you have doctors there as well. Yeah. So I'm not saying that everyone who quits is is them. It's sometimes it's the corner saying, Oh, hey, absolutely, look, yeah. yeah. Someone that's else it, makes yeah. the decision. So it can it can be a legitimate injury that stops you. Yeah, it's it is it is a very interesting one. Uh but yeah, I I, I do give Andy Smith a lot of praise. Yeah. Uh, they call he, him Lionheart for a reason. Yeah. There was no way he is. was he was yeah. backing out of that. And yeah. he, even as I, I just said a minute ago, the fight wasn't going his way. No. This happens and he's not even like his only thought is, let's get back to fighting. Why aren't we fighting? So, yeah. so I think he came out of that one with a lot of credit. Obviously, now Gustafsson is, he's not quite a John Jones test, but this is a huge test for him as well. He's hes going into Sweden where it's one of these situations where it's a whole country up against him. Yeah, I mean, I fought there a couple of times and uh, I'll say the Swedish crowd is not a case where it's not like the Irish crowd or the Brazilian crowd. Yeah. 
Um, they're very intelligent, I find them, and it reminds me a little bit like a Japanese this, sort of This is what I was going to say. It's really interesting. They, they, they kind of clap and applaud positions and transitions. I have a lot of love for the Swedish fans anyway, and out there and Swedish uh, things. But you're right, Smith is going to be... Both of these people, whoever loses this fight is going to be in a weird, really weird position. Yeah. You know... Uh, a long way back to the Yeah, because they're both... And even whoever wins... It's not exactly they're going to be queuing up for a title shot anyway because they're literally due, most recent loss is John Jones. So it's not as if yeah. they're going to get that one straight back. And even if they did, would they want that straight back? You know, because sometimes you, you may want to correct things a lot more um, before you go back and get another shot. You know? Yeah, I think John Jones, we had him on Open Mat uh, a couple of weeks ago and he said that he can see... Obviously, he's got the Thiago Santos fight coming up, but he said that he could see Luke Rockhold potentially getting the next title shot after Thiago Santos. It's new. It makes sense. And also, it's like what the fans would want to see. I yeah. don't want to see that. You know, Luke Rockhold talks a lot. Of, <laughs> talks a lot. So. Well, this is what you, it tees in perfectly because we're just talking about Anthony Smith. This is weird kind of Luke Rockhold side plot has come up because at yeah. the press conference, those two just made a beeline for each other. Yeah. So you're thinking if Anthony Smith wins this fight, is the Rockhold fight next for him? Does that mean Rockhold has to wait for the title? Should Rockhold even be in the title conversation? Because he's coming, he's coming into a, a new weight class. He's he's had some mixed results recently. When, when's, when's his fight? Um, it's Jan Blachowicz. That's it. Yeah, Rockhold's I knew he had a fight coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I knew he, had so that's, he has to get through that. Yeah. But if he gets through that, Smith gets through Gus. I mean, that's you've been saying also how impressive if if. Uh, Luke wins his fight, really impressive. He, he made bump straight to John Jones. Yeah. And also, sometimes if you just like, he's a clever man. He's a clever man, he's and clever he, man. he plays yeah. this villain role that he's cut out for himself yeah. really, really, really well. He's like the stereotypical Hollywood villain. He's got the looks, he's got yeah. the skills, he's got this kind he of cocky attitude. Well. That's yeah, it. There's no, it. He, was, uh, he was on the MMA era this week, and he said that he doesn't think Anthony Smith is a credible character in the division, and that he's about to get shut down by Alexander Gustafsson. So, I mean, I, I think Rockhold's talking in a way that he wants to beat Blackovitz and get straight into that title picture, yeah. but it remains to be seen. Um, then we've got Jimmy Manoa coming yeah. up. Now, he's in a really, really interesting position because he's coming off three losses, but they're not... Like, the Thiago Santos fight is a fight of the year contender. That's one that he came out of with credit, but he definitely he definitely wants to get himself back in that, in that win column for this one. Yeah, definitely. As in, like, losing three fights... In a row, I mean, like, I know sometimes some people lose a split decision. Yeah, you know, uh, as in, uh, I think Volkmer is in, in that position. He lost a split decision, and even if you think you won it, it's, it's weird how just the opinion of three other people, uh, two people actually, because one gave it your way, two people could change your mindset. Because winning is is very important within this sport, and also the mental side of yourself. You know, like winning breeds confidence. Yeah, you know, so like. You need that, so so I think Jimmy's going to be in this position where he's going to want to win hook or by crook. Mm -hmm. he, I mean, look good, great, like he did against the Santos fight. You know, yeah. he looked he, he looked great. It was a he great, did, yeah. a fantastic fight, but he needs to win. This is a sport where winners go in a certain direction and, and losers go in another direction. And also, um, most people uh, are on show and win money, and he's got a family to feed. Yeah. So. That's why sometimes you don't want to leave it to the judges' hands because, you know, sometimes they could cost you money, you know. Absolutely. And he is coming up against um, Alexander Rakic, 
who we don't know about, but he trained. We don't know a lot about. I should say. Obviously, he's fought in the UFC before, but we do, he's training with ATT, mm. um, and he's another one of these guys that's touted as a, as a dangerous striker in that division. So it's it's not going to be an easy day's work. No, I mean like. Uh and that's the thing with Jimmy, he has very, very good hands, but, you know, he's a little bit susceptible himself, you know, so he, he, at the moment he's kind of lost that uh, mojo where people are a little bit afraid of yeah. you. Now people are like, hey, I'm, I, I always, I said this a few times on other podcasts, like, a bit like Junior De Santos, you know, he was a phenomenal striker, yeah. but then when he got clipped a few times, people are like, hey, I, I can stand with this guy. And also Diego Barbosa being the same, same sort sure. of thing. He's on 11 fight winning yeah. Spree, you know, he, he, he's on a roll, so he, he's gone in there with high confidence. I'm fighting this guy here, you know. It's an amazing opportunity for him. Yeah, yeah. Because he, 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 as you say, he's on an 11 fight winning streak, but there, there's, there isn't that name that stands out maybe to the casual fan. Yeah, Jimmy Manoa solves that problem for exactly. Rackage. Exactly. So for me, this is a real tough position for Jimmy to be in, uh, and a real. The struggles for this fight would not be skills. Yeah. It'd be his mind. You know? okay. It'd be his mindset. So he, he would need to start the fight strong and do well. If he's, I hate to see him, you know, if his things don't, start, don't go his way, you know, it, it, this is going to be real tough on his mental durability. This Absolutely. Fight, I think a lot of the listeners to this podcast could be hoping that the poster boy can get a win in that one. He's not the only English fighter on the card, though. We have got Chris Fishgold. We're going to talk to him in a bit. But before we do... His um his matchup with Makwan Amirkani is a really really exciting one. Um, it's got fourth bill on the card, which is right because I think as many eyes need to be on this one as possible. Because when Amirkani fights, I don't think there is a dull fight with Makwan Amirkani, and he's fighting at an SBG, and um and yeah, he's definitely a fighter for the fans. You know, he's he's very entertaining with that. He has a very good high skill set with his wrestling so with having such a good wrestling base he could be a little bit more flamboyant gives you the confidence to yeah so he's himself. oh I could take it down as a matter so like yeah that, that's why we, we saw I think it was his debut was, was on the same card as me once yeah away he fought Andy, Andy Ogle 8 seconds and uh, yeah 8 seconds and it was quite funny because we were backstage uh, no it was on a press conference actually and I remember him saying um, someone asked because uh, Apparently there was talk about it being maybe a premature stoppage. And he was like, would you be up for a rematch uh, kind of thing? And he was like, what, do you want me to beat him quicker than eight seconds? You know, <laughs> How I more found, comprehensive can I it found be? it quite funny. You know, he, he, he's quite charismatic he as well. Is. You know? he, yeah, Mr. Finland is his persona and he's yeah. this really kind of brash, handsome guy as well. Can't, can't argue with that. He's definitely got the confidence and John Kavanagh in his corner as well. Um, but Chris Fishgold, as we say, he looked a lot better in his last fight in Prague he got uh, on the wing column I was in Prague for that for uh, BT Sport and got to interview him in the immediate aftermath when fighters are still kind of trying to register what would happen and he was actually he was surprisingly critical and grounded he wasn't getting carried away with the fact that he'd gotten a win he was um, straight back to what next and in fact we met him in the airport the next day and we were like did you have a good night out celebrating your win and he was like I didn't really do anything got up at six o'clock today I went for a run and we were like wow, you know, you're entitled to celebrate when you get a win after such a long camp, but he was straight back at it, which I think says a lot for his, his mindset. He's yeah, dead, deadly I, I, serious yeah, about it. 100% isn't like, uh, I think most fighters really, well, no, I guess not, but a lot of fighters are very critical on their performances. You know, like they could win great and then they're always looking back. I was, I was one of those. Perfectionists. Yeah, you just yeah. want to always, you always strive to get better. You know, there's always holes in your game and you want to make, 
you you got to think other people are looking at you. So if they, if they spotting things, you know you you got to try and correct them yourself. So uh, and normally if I was injury free, I'm normally straight back in the gym. I I, I fought on a Saturday night and been in the gym on a Sunday. Yeah, you know even with a massive black eye and all that sort of stuff because sometimes that's what it is and you know. Uh, it's infectious, you know. When you win, lose, whatever. You just want to keep. You just want to get better, yeah. you know. It's in a very infectious sport. Absolutely. So um, it's definitely going to be an exciting card, full of exciting fighters, and I believe we are lucky enough to be able to talk to one of them now. I think we have Volkan Ozdemir lined up. So Volkan Ozdemir is on the line. Volkan, thank you very much for taking time out of your fight week to uh, have a chat with us here on the One Punch Pod. First of all. How are you feeling coming into this one? Have you had a good camp? Yes, I had a great camp. You know, I've been moving around a little bit. I've been to Turkey, I've been to Norway, and also in Switzerland. So it's been a, a busy camp, you know, a lot of traveling, you know, like trying to find the, the best partner all around the, the place. And I think I, I, I made a great camp. So obviously, um, you last out in against Dominic Reyes on uh, the UFC in London. Um, it was a split decision; didn't go your way. It was a fantastic fight. I was there. Uh, um, what did you What did you take away from that fight yourself? I was really disappointed with the decision. You know, it's, uh, I thought that the fight went my way. I made a great fight. I, I hurt him really bad. I broke you know, the first round. I, I scored points. You know, some, I scored some takedowns and stuff. And um, you know, obviously the the judge didn't see it that way, so he was I lost on split decision. He was really disappointing. So that's why I wanted also to jump back, you know, back at it. I wanted to to fight again, and UFC Stockholm was uh, my 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 the opportunity for that. I was actually um in the uh, backstage in the same uh, dressing room as as uh, Dominic Reyes um, when he was getting ready to fight, and when he came back, he he was. Pretty surprised that he won that fight as well. It, let's say it was a very, very close one. He was very happy that he got the win. But obviously now you have Latifi. And with Styles, you look at this fight, it's actually a completely different matchup to Dominic Reyes. How do you feel like you match up against Latifi? I think it's a, it's a great matchup. You know, Latifi, I know exactly how he's going to come into the fight. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a wrestler, like really explosive. And he has a, his hands, you know, a few low kicks. And, you know, he's been fighting the, basically the same way, you know, since years and years so i think it's a, it's pretty uh, easy for me to you know to to build my game plan on it and uh i think it's going to be a really great fight for me um yeah and it's 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 going to be a great fight for the fans to watch as well i think when this got announced there was a lot of people excited about it i want the main event as well alexander gustafson versus anthony smith you have experience being in there against uh, anthony smith when you fought him Obviously, you would have prepared and, and analysed his game before you went in there. Was there anything that surprised you in that fight once you got in there? So I knew he was somebody that uh, really durable. You know, it's, uh, he's taking a lot of punishment, but he, he, he's still there to the fight. And he, he was able during his career to, to land a, a few of, uh, you know, late finishes, you know, like third round knockouts and stuff like that. So he's always dangerous, even at the end. And I think that's a little bit uh, one of uh, one of his strengths. You know, it's really tricky because uh, you, you you might think he's hurt and stuff, but he's still there. You know, mentally, he's still there into the fight, and he's, he's always able to put it off. So that's also something that I've been experiencing because you know I was I was uh, winning the fight all all all, all along, and you know, as prize until the the, the the last moment. And uh, that's obviously something uh, Gussie will will have to be ready for too. Also, on on, on a separate note, obviously now we went to fight week and uh, 
Um, we don't know. We normally chat to a lot of guys after the fight. So this is um, now before the fight. So how? I mean, obviously it's normal the playing questions in wake uh, and all that sort of stuff. But what do you normally do the week of a fight to um, take your mind off the obviously? The, the, the weight cut and the fight itself, do you try and relax or, or do you have any certain rituals that you do? No, I actually don't, don't really think about it too much. You know, I just let the day pass, you know, and go day by day. You know, it's uh, it's uh, obviously first the, 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 the arrival at the, at, the, at the office here. You know, you have to sign poster, do some media stuff. Uh, the next day you have uh, some media after you have the, 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 the weight cut, you know, and the, the wing, and then uh, it's fight day. You know, at the end of the day, I arrive during the fight day. I'm like, okay, now, now it's time. You know, it's uh, because I'm in the locker room. You know, I'm getting ready for it, and now it's show times. And sometimes, always like, I end up being surprised. Oh, okay, right now it's time to fight. You know, so let's do it. You know, so that's why it's a little bit how it happened. You know, I, I take it day by day. You know, I, I know every day I do my best, and every day I, I do what I have to do just so I can be prepared for the deep day. And this this isn't your first fight in Sweden. You fought in Stockholm before. What did you take away from the crowd and the experience the last time you fought there? I mean, uh, Sweden was a really uh, amazing experience for me. It was my second fight in the UFC and uh, my first also European card. So I had a lot of friends coming, you know, to to see me. It was it was it was really nice and uh, it was a really amazing experience because I, you know, I left the fight uh, untouched. You know, like I wasn't hurt at all. Yeah. I had a really great uh, victory, really fast one, and uh, you know it was it was uh, the whole event was a, was a big party for me. Do you have uh, anything planned after the fight? Is it like holiday anywhere, relax, or do you have anything you like to do afterwards? Yeah, actually, gonna go um, in Thailand, uh, maybe two or three weeks to train a little bit, maybe training once a day or, or so, and then uh, you know relax, spend spend uh, spend some time in the sun, you know. Uh, and enjoy, and I think I'm also gonna go four days or five days, um, maybe in Central America or something. Nice. Uh, I still need to figure it out. So that's what you have planned in the immediate after the fight. Longer term, obviously, you want to get back into the title picture in this division. After a win at UFC Stockholm, what what do you think? Obviously, we don't want to want you to look past the current fight that you have coming up. But do you see a picture for yourself to get back in that um, title picture soon? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I need to build myself back up. You know, I have, I've just suffered like three consecutive losses. Now I need uh, a, a big victory for me right now. Then I, I would love to be facing, uh, you know, one of the one of the lightweights fighting. But also, let's not forget Manuel Rakic. Rakic is also a big, uh, a big uh, up-and-coming uh, athlete. Um, and I think he has a great future. Actually, I've been facing a lot of uh, a lot of people that that's been up and coming guys, you know, and uh, always uh, always really strong guys. So um, you know, I'm more than happy to welcome them. Just what you said there, I thought it was very interesting about being willing to welcome these guys uh, to to the to the title race or or to the division. Often, from a fan's point of view, we see fights and we see those as like an opportunity. So. Rakic, he's on an 11 fight win streak, but he doesn't have a name like Jimmy Manoa on his record. So he's headhunting there for Jimmy Manoa to kind of make a statement win. When you're on the other end of that, when someone's looking at Volkan Ozdemir as that fight, you welcome that challenge. That's something you look forward to. Yeah, I've always been uh, ready to fight. You know, whoever whoever it is. You know, I've I've been uh, I've, I've been fighting. You know, like two weeks notice against uh, the, the number six in the world for my first fight. You know. 
And then I've been facing, you know, like up and coming guys call me like less than a year after my after I signed to the UFC. Yeah. So it's it's a no brainer for me, you know. It's a, even if it's a tough fight, a tough task, or whatever, you know, I'm, I just want to be there and, and, and show everybody that uh, I'm, I'm here and I am the best. That's a that's an attitude. I'm sure the fans absolutely appreciate. Um, you said you, you've you've seen a bit of Rakic. Are you somebody who does your homework on other potential contenders in the division, even if they're not in the UFC? Yeah, you need to keep an eye on everybody because uh, and there is people you know, you know, you, you know they they they're, they're going to make it. You you see their fights, you see who they are, you know, you you see their mentality, and uh, there there you know you know you you just have to wait. Maybe in three four months uh, he's going to be there. And sometimes you, it's even sooner than later. You know, uh, some some people look at me. You know, I, I've been I've been lower. I, I wasn't even signing. You see, in less than a year, I was signing for the for the world championship. Sure. So um, there is a lot of guys. You know, they just uh, appear. You you see them, and then next thing you know, they fight on a, on a paper record or like a, a main card of a, of a fight night. And um, you know they they seem to be gonna be facing uh, a top ten guy, a top fifteen guy, and then uh, it could be you. So really soon. So that's why you have to keep an eye on people, and so you're ready for everything that's gonna come to you, to, towards you. We won't take up too much more of your time in fight week. You're obviously a busy man. Just a big thank you for uh, for coming on to the One Punch Pod and having a chat with us. And best of luck at UFC Stockholm. Yep. Thank you so much. I appreciate. It. Thank you. Thanks for your time and good luck this weekend. A very nice, very well-spoken man, Volkan yeah. Ozdemir. He's a very intelligent fighter. I really, really love his uh, his attitude towards fighting. It shines across in that interview there, anytime, any place. Also interesting that I I found was that he's he see, he seems to have a really good grasp on who the who the threats in that division are. He's talking about Rakic and the tools that he can bring to the table. One thing that stuck in my mind when he was saying that was he's like you you always know who's around. It's not always the case. Hector Lombard fought Anthony Smith. And Anthony yeah. Smith's fighting Hector Lombard, saying, "Do you know my name now?" While yeah. they're up against the cage wrestling, so it's, it's not—it's not everybody's doing that hard but work. It, but it he's depends. putting in. It's your part of your job. So it, for me personally, it was my my job to keep an eye on that division. You know, yeah. Um, uh, but see, like some people, like I remember, remember we had Dan Howdy on the podcast, and he said he wouldn't watch the prelims because he. He said he thinks he would have made him a worse fighter for watching right. prelims, but uh, obviously he knew that it was stupid now because <laughs> uh, he's an analyst. He, he, yeah. He's a very clever man, but you know, for, for me, I, I always watch my weight class, you know, because you always need to have a look what's about. You're just you know? gaining information the whole time, and, and I'm also with him as well. As in, sometimes when you look at someone in the UFC, not in the UFC, even on a local show. Yeah, this guy's got it. And you could, like you say, you could tell. Even me now being a coach, someone walks into the gym, I'm like, that guy's got it. Doesn't mean they'll make it, you know, because... But they have, at they least. Have, they have that, you know, like, yeah. if he, you know... Can be nurtured. The, yeah, yeah, exactly that, you know. Well, no, that was that was great to chat to Volkan in the, in the build-up to the fight. We're, we're lucky to have another interview lined up. Um, Chris Fishgold fighting at an X-Gen in Liverpool. We're excited about him on the phone now. So, Chris, uh, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, chat to us on the One Punch Pod uh, this evening. We know you're gearing up for fight week, so straight away, how are you feeling coming into coming into this fight in Stockholm? Uh, you know what, I feel great. Um, this is the lowest I've, be, I've walked around that since I was 21. So I'm only about three kilo of weight as we speak. So um, as a fighter, you know, that, that's, that's amazing. Um, 
and after, after you're great, full of energy, I can actually eat come the week of the fight. So, yeah, um, I feel really confident about where my skill level is at and uh, the training I've done. So, to achieve that, what what did you change? Did you just change your your bit of your lifestyle, or you got a new nutritionist on board, or what, what is do you how, say is a big factor of your weight being low? Well, it was it was a bit of um, everything really, boy. Um, a, a big change I've done is John Moore's University. Um, there's a, a coach there called Carl Evans. I've done my strength and conditioning with them. Where like in the past I've done it, and the coaches in the past have been good, not taking that away from them, but. Um, the stuff that they've got at the university, the facilities, they're the best around. They, they can actually, you know, tell me how many calories I'm burning when I'm lying down over a 24-hour period. Um, like, we, you, you can measure absolutely everything. So I had that to work with. I had that for my diet. And then, so it just it all paid off. I'm lifting heavier than ever, and I'm lighter than ever. Um, other than that, just still at my me, uh, me gym next generation um, with, the, with the usual lads killing myself day in day out yeah i mean the the science behind the sport now is just getting fantastic you know year in year out athletes are just getting a better better understanding of the body and yeah so it's fantastic that you know yeah i mean like i wish this we had this back (laughs) in my day you know back in my day my my biggest change was not to drink uh full fat soda (laughs) and change it to diet soda yeah, I was gonna say you, you, you was back when we were just all tough guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We were just like <laughs> this, this, this makes me lose a bit of weight. Let me just like I think I think some people were drinking battery water as well because oh battery water had no no sodium or anything in it, and it's crazy the stuff people wow, did. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, you're coming off uh, a win at UFC Prague, an impressive performance. Has that been different in terms of your mindset coming in? Because obviously you had the loss in your UFC debut and then you're going into Prague needing to bounce back. You've done that. How much of a weight is that off your shoulders? Um, well, that, it's so much crazy. Um, I, I was speaking to John Gooden downstairs before and I said the same, same things. It, it is and it is. Like, to go, after the loss, I'd, I'd like, you know, UFC differs and I felt I'd done really well until I got caught, but, you know, it is what it is. And then coming in the last fight, although I won, like, I, I was nervous. I had a lot of nerves because I felt like my back was up against against the wall. You know, you lose two in a row in the UFC, you know, that, that phone call can stop ringing sometimes. So I was in, I felt like I was in a tough position and I focused more on that than the actual training and thinking about that going into the fight. And I, I felt like I gassed myself out in the changing rooms worrying about what if I don't win this. And um, although I won, I wasn't really happy with my performance. My timing was off. and um, My timing was off, and I think a lot of the stuff I've done looked a bit sloppy, me striking and stuff. My jet still looks sad, but my timing wasn't there. Um, I feel if it was like a higher-caliber opponent could have capitalised on that, so I wasn't happy. So, you know, after the fight, um, I got straight back in the gym and I worked on everything like me weaknesses from that fight for this one. I remember you saying to us in Prague, we interviewed you after the event, and you said that you were um, you were you went up for a run the next morning at 6am, so you were straight back on the grind. It's a quick turnaround for this fight, so when that call came, were you just as soon as possible, let's get back in there? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like, like I said, see, yeah, I was, I was up early after the fight, yeah. back training straight away. Um, but yeah, when the phone call um, came, it wasn't really... Uh, my manager he messaged me saying um, he'd been to Sweden 
I said, no. He said, well, you're going there. That's where you're fighting next. I was like, sad. So I never really had a say in it, to be fair. Um, I, I was more than made up, um, more than made up to wear it. So, um, you know, we, we haven't got massive careers. We haven't got long careers. So I just want to be, make the most of it while, while I can. And, you know, while I'm still relevant after a win, what not better to get a role, you'll get a couple of wins, get people talking about yourself. You're only as worth as much as... Um, Worth as much as people want to watch it, and I think if you're constantly staying in, in everybody's eye and constantly fighting, more and more people are going to watch it. But also, we're saying this, Chris. I'm right in saying you're 26. Yeah, yeah, 26. I'm actually 27 next week. Yeah. Okay, just to give you a little bit of an insight, I didn't start fighting until 26. Just so you know that. So you got plenty of time, my friend. You're not running against any clock here. You know, you have plenty of time on your hands. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Finger, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, like, if, if I can have fights like last time, I'll have a long career. If I had fights like my debut, I could be done in there. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so, com- you're coming up against a guy at SBG, Makwan Amir Khani. We, we've seen him before and we know that he's a very confident guy and he, he likes to kind of wind his opponents up and get under their skin a little bit. You strike me as the type of guy that doesn't really have time for that. Is Has he said anything so far? Have you had any interactions? What's that well, been like? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I promise, I'm not going to swear um, <laughs> on this, but um, you can imagine the stuff I want to say about him. Yeah, he started putting up um, started putting up all pictures of me and like trying to argue with me. So, like, you know, I've got stuff to do. When I go home at night, you know, I want to chill with me two hours and my girlfriend and just have an easy life. You know, when he was going home, he must have, all he must have been thinking about was me. So he put the first picture up, blocked him, straight away just blocked him. <laughs> some, of his mates, some, 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 some of his mates started messaging me. I just read the message, delete them, block them. I'm really not too arsed about it. I think he tried to get you, but the, then the stuff he was saying started getting more and more aggressive, more and more aggressive. The fact that I weren't biting, I could see it was really getting to him. It was making me laugh, to be fair, but... So he's he's obviously I think that's how he tries to beat people mentally. But you know I'm I'm from Liverpool. I'm not going to be beaten mentally. But you know when I see him in this hotel, probably later on, I'm going to go up to him. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and I'm going to tell him straight. All them mind games they don't mean a thing. You know Saturday night it's only me and you getting in there, and I'm going to make you eat every single one of them eight words. Yeah, that's it. Saturday night I'm going to shut him up and then. Hopefully, do everyone else a favour because of heard he's like that with everybody. Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this fight. When this is one of the fights I'm looking forward to. I didn't think I could fight. look forward to it more, but after hearing that, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's get this one going. I, I want to see. Uh, so you haven't bumped into him yet, no? So, so that'd be interesting when you do. Well, to be honest, I hope. Um, like I've looked at all those other fights. He comes out a fast starter, and really rushes up people. But the thing is, um. I, I come out really fast as well, and you know, um, I think he's going to have a massive cut. I don't think he's going to keep be able to keep that up for three rounds. After my last fight, when I I got tired quite quick, that's all I've been working on my cardio. I know I can keep that up for three rounds. When he's starting tired and his arms are pumped, and you know that I'm going to be shouting in his face, moving forward, and just hitting him, hitting him as hard as I can. You know, there's, I said I'm never angry against any opponents. So it's just business. It's yeah. 
it's the, the entertainment business, you know, which would be for families to watch. You shouldn't need all this stuff. What type of role model you are saying to someone over over the internet? Where do you see this fight really taking place? On, on the feet mainly, or, or on the floor? And if so, where where do you feel your advantages will be on on the feet or on the floor? To be honest, I think he's gonna like us. He's just out of his five five fights, four of them have been a decision, and um, the one knockout he does have. No disrespect to Andy Ogle, but he's not the best opponent, Joe, between us. And that was only like an eight-second fight as well, so you can't get much of a read from that. Yeah, you know, it's the look of the draw sometimes, you know. It's, it was just one of them, he got caught slipping. But um, yeah, other than that, we had all decisions, and a lot of been, have been close decisions. He likes to wrestle and grind people out. But saying that, he's took a year out since his last fight against Jason Knight, and he's been boxing, so he might come out and think he's a striker. Um, I'm hoping he does do that because, like, I, I really do want to stand there and make him eat his words. But more than likely, you know what it's like, Brad. People always go back to what they know. Yeah. You'll probably come out like a boxer, get caught, and you go back to what you know, and you'll try and wrestle me and be close and, you know, be like a rash on me. But that'll suit me as well because, like, I'm a black belt and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I'm not, I'm not too bothered. Hopefully, for the fans, I want to stand. But. Uh, if he goes to the ground, you know, he goes to the ground, I can deal with that as well. And what about for you? So you've got you've picked up this first UFC win. Has anything changed for you since Prague? I mean, in terms of getting noticed around Liverpool a bit more, have you noticed uh, a bit more of a support coming behind you since you since you picked up that win? I was going to say I bought a new dog, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that's changed. What's your dog's name? And what type of dog is it? Yeah, so I already had a chihuahua. Uh, okay. I bought another chihuahua. Nice, Bambi. nice. Yeah. Trials are very, yeah. very cute little dogs. We need to try and branch off and do an MMA dog podcast. You, just you dedicated. I think yeah. there's a gap in the market for that. Um, and, and obviously, this is this is your first uh, fight on the main card on on UFC. Does that affect um, anything? That, how you're thinking going into the into the fight? Because there will, by default, be more eyes on this fight. Um, no, not not really. Obviously, there's more eyes on it because the main card, but not really. I think that's a lot more pressure on him because. Let, let's be honest, he's 4-1 and one in the UFC, I'm 1-1 one and one in the UFC. I think he's ranked 19th in the like in the UFC rankings, what, what I've seen. Um, I think, I don't even know where I am. I don't even think I just, my rankings are applicable. I think it's well up there. So I think he's, it, it's all the pressure's on him. I've got no pressure. The, the only thing I've got in my mind is, I'm not even thinking about after the fight, I'm not thinking about before the fight. I'm just thinking about like, me on top of them or me knocking them out. How do you pitch yourself? So obviously you you want to come away unscathed and win this fight. What do you see later this year? Um, do you, one more fight, two more fights. How do you see it playing out? Um, I, I'd be happy at the end of the year if I get two more. But not, like, I want two more, but I'd be happy with one. Um, after this fight, I'll, I want to I wanna go away and uh, have, have a holiday and then after that, just come back and work on, take three, four months working on stuff I need to work on. Um, you know, for me game, it's the elite now, so you need to keep on moving with the times. I want you to have, I've got a few things that, like, I wouldn't say the bad, but weaknesses in my game, which I can definitely um, brush up a bit. But, um, yeah, well, I'd be happy with two fights, be happy with one fight. Let's just see how it goes. I don't want to really look past this one. Yeah, of you course. Know, you know what it's like? MMA is a uh, crazy sport and crazy things can happen. So, yeah, just um, Saturday, after Saturday night, 
hopefully we can speak again and I'll have um, I'll have more of an idea. Um, so listen, that's that's pretty much all from us. We don't want to take up too much of your time in fight week. Thank you very much for uh, for taking the time to talk to us and best of luck in the fight. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank, uh, thanks for for coming on. Also, if you want to quickly uh, let people know where they can make, reach you on social media. Yeah, that's uh, Chris Fishgold, uh, at Chris Fishgold on Instagram, Chris Fishgold on Twitter, and Chris Fishgold on Facebook. Nice and easy. <laughs> nice and easy. <laughs> Straightforward. Right. All the best for this weekend, mate. We'll be watching. Uh, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Time for that. See ya. Great to hear from Chris Fishgold there. A really, really good guy. I mean, I've I've interviewed a few UFC fighters and I'm yet to have a negative experience really with any of them, but he strikes me as somebody who's just a really, really good bloke. So I'm, I'm kind of pulling for him to get the results at Stockholm this weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a very tough fight he has in front of him, Mac one, but he knows what, you know, when you're in the UFC, you can't pick and choose your opponents. You have to fight the best of the best and he'll definitely be up for the challenge. And I'll say he's one of the fights on that card I'm looking forward to the most, you know, it's going to be a fun scrap. No question about it. I mean, we, we talked previously in the podcast about Amir Khani's fights and then you've got Fishgold. You've just heard how, how prepared and ready he is for it. So, yeah, absolutely cannot wait for that. Now seems like a good time to remind people to watch UFC Stockholm on BT Sport 3 HD on Saturday the 1st of June. That's the prelim start at 4pm, so that's nice and early. Even if you're going to watch the Champions League, you can get a couple of... Couple of fights in first, watch it, and then maybe get the main event in as well. The timings are really, really nice. It's it's always good when you're not staying up until five o'clock in the morning to watch some fights. But while we while, while we've got this Sweden card coming up, I think it would be crazy not to uh, to quiz you on some of your experiences because you've had some you've got nothing but good memories about uh, fighting in Stockholm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had two fights in Stockholm. I'm two and zero. Oh. I've had hit two bonuses. You know, perfect. Yes. <laughs> Um, Surprised you haven't moved to Sweden. In this yeah, day. no, I, I, uh, I've done a lot of, tra- I've done some training out in Sweden before. I thought though, actually, I, uh, there's a, a guy called Søren Kakai, and um, I remember him coming over. Well, I was getting ready for my my WC debut. Uh, I was applying for a visa, so I couldn't go out to America to train um, American top team. Uh, I had to do my training back in England, so I remember reaching out and trying to find some training partners. And there's a, a young guy called Søren Kakai from Sweden says if he flies over, can he get some training? And I was like, yeah, cool. He came over and uh, we we started training. He, we become good friends, and uh, he uh, he eventually went on fought in Bellator and UFC himself. Uh, but then what, before when he was getting ready, he asked me to go over to Sweden and do some training. I went to. GBG, I think it's called GBG in um, not not Stockholm, it's in Gothenburg. Uh, yeah, I've done a few kind of like you know, I was helping them, him and uh, another guy called Akira Kurosani uh, get ready for um, a couple of their fights on. I think it was a fight a show called Zone. I think it was called Zone uh, out there, uh, and that was a great time out in Sweden. It's like. I just had a lot of fun. It was cold. It was cold. I yeah. can that. It was cold. But um, I had a lot of fun out there. I've been out there a few times and uh, I fought out there, you know. So I have a lot of love uh, for Sweden uh, and the country. Well, let's start with um, the first one, which is Damasio Page. So yeah. you are coming into that one off the back of a loss to Henan Barrow. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? So where, and that, and, and that, the Barrow was, was your UFC debut. Yes. Wasn't as well. So you t- took a loss in your UFC debut. How meant, what are you coming, what are you thinking coming into that? Well, it, it was a tough one because, like, obviously, I went into my my UFC debut thinking I'm going to smoke this kid, even though you know Hannah Burrell 
teacher's yeah. there. Yeah, I want to smoke it. Because <laughs> you know, I had that sort of confidence. And when you got beat, um, it, it, like I say, it really damages your confidence. And then I'm fighting a guy called Demaster Page. His nickname was the Angel of Death. And, <laughs> and he was one of those guys, he was a very, very fast star. And like, uh, it was a very dangerous fight. And I was like, oh, you know, yo, you don't get no easy fights. So yeah. For me, I, I, I was worried about it. I, I would be honest, I was worried about every fight I have. You always, I could fight the dustman and I could look up things, I always got a really good straight there. You know, you just kind of, when you look at people, you kind of put them on this pedestal sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when I fought him, it, it was actually a really, really good fight. He, he came out quite aggressive, like he always do, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know, he's going to fade, he can't keep up this pace. And, and I, then I felt good, and then I felt the tide change, that uh, kind of thing. Well, not even the tide change, I think I was winning the fight. A lot of time, but uh, and uh, yeah, no, I remember dropping him with a left hook, and then I, then I just I was beating him up. If that makes sense, yeah. I was just no, I felt, absolutely I felt really comfortable within that fight. Once the once like the first exchanges happened, I'm like, yeah. oh mate, I'm gonna win this kind of thing. You, you get that sort of feeling, and uh, and it's one of those wins as well. I won by rear naked choke, but it's one of those many submissions on my record that I have where it's almost as a result he, of. Is the work you've it's done? It's them, yeah. them looking for a way out. It wasn't yeah. some slick transition into this, or you mm-hmm. know, using my ex guard, or so. Yeah, there's nothing flashy about it. It's just me just beating a man up, and here for him going here, take my neck, or he take my arm and get out of there. Um, In that case, it was the huge left hand, wasn't it? That that dropped him. And left hook. Him yeah, yeah. Uh, I hit him with an uppercut as well. Yeah, I think then then left hook and he dropped. Uh, then I started beating him up against the the, the, the um, I got a good cross wrist uh, and I started beating him up against the cage a little bit and then yeah then he rolled over took his back started punching him there and then I'm like I just oh, I'll choke him out now if I wanted to yeah that, that's, just, that's the yeah. fun part where you you're like this any minute yeah. the ref's gonna come in and, and yeah. take him away um, so yeah as I said you you were coming off the loss to Hen and Beret but am I right in thinking that that was fight of the night as well. Yeah, that was fight of the night. I only fought for like four and a half minutes, I think it was. And yeah, I got, I got, got a bonus. Fight of the night. <laughs> and the funny thing about this one, uh, this was back in the day where um, they didn't have caps on the bonuses. Oh, wow. Know? So they just like, this year, I mean, this one's going to be 100 grand. This one's going to be whatever. They just made it up. Okay. Uh, and, I, was, I didn't know that. Really yeah, they, they did have caps on bonuses. So basically, if you impressed, if it's, yeah, it's a bonus. But no, no, a... they'll tell you before the, before the event. But oh, okay, uh, this right, event, yeah the bonus is going to be this, this event. So like that, for that one, I think it was 70, $70,000. Wow. Uh, so, but I always go back to saying it now is, and you could keep that money. Give me the win. I think care yeah. about money competing, you know, so no, absolutely. don't get me wrong. It's a nice cushion to land on, you know? Um, but I didn't want the money. I wanted the win, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah, I ain't gonna say no to seventy grand. But, uh, <laughs> Don't know anybody who would. But then obviously my second fight uh, was with Demasio Page, and that's when I started bringing the cap in. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was, it was fifty grand, you know. So I got fifty grand on that one. The most that has to be the most disappointed seventy grand. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't, like you get handed a check for seventy grand and you're gutted. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. as I say, I always say say to him blue in the face. But I was never in the sport for for, for money. No, absolutely. Uh, I was in the sport, you know, trying to achieve and like compete and stuff like that. Yeah, and the women, of course. <laughs> yeah, and all the all the glory. Uh, that comes listening. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so in fact, we were talking about bonuses. You you had a run of three in a row. So you the lo- the loss to Barreau, fight of the night. The Damasio page was fight of the night. And I think, am I right in saying that your next one was another one as well? Knockout of the night against yeah. Yves Gibran. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a good little run. Yeah, I did. That <laughs> was a 100% run, win bonus in three fights. Yeah. And then I had one fight where uh, against, I, I believe it was against Eddie Wineland, which I lost a split decision. Uh, won a bad fight, but I think it fight of that one. And then I came back to Sweden. Yes. And then I fought... Um, Mike Easton. Mike Easton. Uh, and that was a really good fight. It's one of the fights, you know, if people go back on Fight Pass and watch it, it's actually like a quite a good fight. You know, yeah. Mike, Mike Easton was a very tough competitor back in those days. Yeah. Uh, and I won a split decision. I thought I clearly won, to be honest. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, it was a tough fight. And that fight, really enough, was actually $60,000. Yeah. You know, so it went up. And the reason. People don't know about this because they say the cap was fifty. But the reason this was sixty because I think Diego Brandown was fine on that card. We were backstage when Dana White was giving like the pre-talk and all that sort of stuff, and uh, and uh, he goes right because the bonuses are going to be uh, fifty grand for this and that. And Diego Brown goes, "No, Dana, sixty G's." <laughs> and then Dana looked at him and goes. All right, what the hell? 60 G's wow. is dead. And he's like, that easily swayed. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's fine. It's 60 G's. That's and like, and amazing. That's, yeah, so that's why you went, I think Connor fought yeah, in that same you're card. you're right. I was going to say, that's yeah. how I knew the bonuses yeah. were 60 G's yeah, for yeah, that yeah, fight. Yeah. That and iconic line. Yeah, so uh, he, uh, he, he, got, he he got the bonus on that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why. So I, I thank uh, um, Diego Brown <laughs> for giving an extra 10,000. Nice one. Um, just on Conor McGregor, obviously, because that was his UFC debut. And when last week after Michelle Pereira's win, we were talking a bit about um, the best UFC debuts he'd ever seen. And Connor Connor's name came up. You obviously knew who he was before, yeah. so no, he, I'll be honest, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know too much about him. You know, um, I remember him uh, when he just signed for the UFC. I remember. I mean, I remember actually. You know, first time I saw him was on a Cage Warriors show. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who I was calling. I was calling someone else and he was in the changing room with Arn Loboff back in those days. I, I didn't know who Arn Loboff was back then either. Mm-hmm. And I just remember them getting ready to get him warming up and he was full on sparring. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing, mate? You know, you're not going to make it out to the fight. He was full on sparring backstage before he fought. Um, um, yeah, but then he won that fight. Uh, then I remember him and... Um, on his debut, uh, I remember leading up hearing a few interviews. I'm like, mate, mate, this guy's a bit flash. You know, this <laughs> yeah. guy's this guy's a bit flash. You know, you better like the fighter in you yeah, thinking yeah, like, yeah, 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 a little bit like simmer down, <laughs> simmer down. You know, like, uh, but uh, yeah, but like I say, where he's popularity and rose, yes, yeah. not he did just talk it, he, he delivered, it and, and that's 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 what where he grew fast, you know, like real fast, because a lot of people talk smack, a lot of people look good, I mean, they just fight well. If you do both, you People make, are going to jump on the bandwagon. You're going to, yeah, um, escalate really yeah. quick. I mean, I remember the excitement for me as an Irish uh, MMA fan. Before Connor. I mean, we had Tom Egan on, on that card in Dublin all those days ago, but it was really only... Marcus, the Irish hand grenade Davis, who was an American. I mean, I, I mean he's from Maine. And no, yeah, yeah no disrespect. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a great fighter in his own right, but there was nobody for the Irish to really get behind. And then 
we're aware Cage Warriors, we know this guy's making his UFC debut. There's a lot of people who are kind of like, I don't want to get too carried away because yeah. there's not a lot of Irish UFC fighters right now tuned in for that fight. Incredible performance. Does the 60 G's line. <laughs> captures the attention <laughs> of the world. And everyone's like, okay, we're in. Yeah, uh, yeah, the next yeah. fight was Brando. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I've never seen like a, like a nation really get behind a fight. As, in a weird way, I was not just envious of... Like how well he was doing. Yeah. I was a little bit envious with the support he was getting. It, it was it was mind mind blowing, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I fought on the same card as Connor quite a few times. Uh, that was his debut. The next card uh, we fought together on was the one in Boston where he fought Max oh, Holloway. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, he had a good fight there as and well. And a good press conference and there I, as well. I, 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 I hit another bonus on that one as well. Nice. Uh, but the, the, actually, going back to the the one in Sweden, his debut, I remember doing a press conference on that, and he's actually on his uh, documentary thing. Oh yeah, the Netflix uh, thing. Yeah, Netflix yeah. thing. And he's like, he was talking about, about, about I just, I found this, I just found him just so funny, you know, like, yeah. how he was, oh, I was on welfare the week before, and all that, I just, I found it, yeah, yeah, it made me smile, you know, he's a complete opposite character to myself. Yeah. I wish I had the confidence, and the, uh, Bravado to be able to act like he was absolutely you know? yeah but uh, but yeah so he, I found him very, very interesting character and he has been throughout yeah. my career absolutely you know? I like, mean obviously now he's at a stage where he, he doesn't really need no. to he, he simply no, doesn't no, need no, to no. hype his fights anymore the name is enough to, to yeah. sell it but back then like I remember even on like message forums when he was an amateur fighter there's still posts to this day of him going on and talking smack exactly the same style yeah. to the fighters that he's like over the internet he's saying yeah. these things but then you mentioned it earlier backed it up every time yeah exactly I mean I don't think it's like you see different people check as in like for me Chelsea and I've known Chelsea for years I've fought on some shows in, in Costa Rica on Bodog um, he he, he kind of created that character, you yeah. know, that, and it worked very well for him throughout his career. You know that 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 WWF kind of character. persona, yeah, yeah, yeah. But where Connor's Connor, and yeah, like and love him or hate him, you know, that, that's you, how he you is. Love or hate him, you're, 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 I mean, I got, the way you don't even have to look at what's going on, and you hear an interview, you hear his voice, and like you know. He captivates yeah. you, you know, just how he is and when he chats. Yeah, so. I, mean, I I interviewed Connor before the Diego Brando fight in Dublin, and obviously, like, I'm a fan of his. I was going in there, and but part of me is thinking, like, this guy is ruthless, and he knows how to like embarrass people yeah. with his words if he wants to. So I'm kind of like a bit terrified going in. He was the nicest guy in the world. He'd like he he'd take he poke fun at people in a playful way, but he, he he that just made a really good impression on me. I fought in that card as well, actually, and. Uh, um, in Dublin, yeah, you know, and that's when he yeah, headlined. Yeah. headlined he's fighting Diego Brandown, and Diego Brandown's a bit of a, a loose cannon at yeah. times, right? So, like, <laughs> oh. yeah, talk, talk to me about that because now that I, and I remember as well, he just didn't straight away. He didn't like Connor. Brazilians tend not no, to. Uh, he, no, he, he not just like did, you know he doesn't like sort of talking smack yeah. about him. Yeah, so yeah. like um, and Connor really got under his skin. I, I remember when we went backstage when Dana does the little talk. There was like. Uh, Really, even then, we're staying in the room. Diego started saying some stuff, and I kind of started saying some stuff. And next thing you know, this bottle of water, right? It just flew as hard as you could. Uh, towards Connor's head, just missed Connor's head, and it smashed against the uh, like these um, 
metal no like you know get the the food counter but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the metal shutters okay yeah. hit one of those so it made such a noise so <laughs> and it sounded like he probably would have hit kill connor but connor actually literally honestly he was pretty quiet after that he actually went okay i'm not gonna poke this guy, this guy anymore but it's yeah. crazy that's like a, a, a prelude to the monster can yeah in, exactly in exactly we saw, that's we saw a couple was. of years later with nate diaz that's that's mad um which yeah, is there anything else? Just obviously because those are your two your two fights in Sweden. Um, is there anything else that, that sticks out to you just about about that place? Did you go? Did you have any? Did you celebrate either of those wins, or were they straight back to training? Um, yeah, well, I celebrated them after night. Like, I used because it is in Sweden as well. It wasn't that far for a lot of my friends and family yeah. to come over from Europe, so it was great, you know. Uh, so was, obviously, I love fighting in um, uh, uh, in America and stuff, but fighting on European cars. It, it was just nice for the yeah, having more friends and family. Um, I remember one funny thing is I remember going into a supermarket trying to buy some water, right? Uh, and they just looked at me and like, "What are you on about?" <laughs> and I like, can I buy some water? You do know like it's the cleanest water ever. The tap water in Sweden. They just don't the, need they don't, water. You don't need to buy bottled water. So I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I remember that's one <laughs> story. I got back from Sweden. Uh, but apparently, they're the cleanest water you can have. Well, there you go. Yeah. We're uh, we're dropping knowledge on this there podcast as well this week. So I think that about does it for this edition of um, of the One Punch Pod. A huge thank you uh, for having me on, and yes. I hope uh, Brian Lacey you know, enjoyed his time away. Oh, and I hope oh you said right he had a, a holiday accident and he's never <laughs> And I can do it every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, just, yeah. I'll just stay. Fair enough. That works for me. Um, before we go, reminder, UFC Stockholm, Saturday 1st of June, BD Sport 3. Prelims are at 4. Main card is at 6. You can also catch Inside the Octagon. Dan Hardy does great work on those ahead of all the fights. Um, the first airing that is Wednesday at 9pm on BD Sport 2 HD with repeat showings on Thursday and Friday. Um, and that's not all that's on BT Sport this weekend. There is a Champions League final coming up. Huge thank you to everybody who listened. Remember to subscribe, tell a friend, and why don't you join us in the UFC on BT Sport Facebook group as well. Thanks very much. We'll be back with... Brian Lace will be back, hopefully, if, unless this uh, birthday <laughs> party has been a complete disaster. Brian Lace will be back for a post-UFC Stockholm pre-UFC 238 chat. So um, that's me signing off for this week. And, uh, yeah, for me again, guys, thanks a lot. Appreciate all the support. And uh, keep sharing, keep sending us love. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 